You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning. I've uh, got a frosty Dr. Pepper here at 60 degrees in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. How are you see, playing your banjo this morning? Uh, no. Uh, us Sicilians play uh, mandolins. So uh, the people Uh-oh. down here in eastern Tennessee are not familiar with that sound, but hey, maybe soon they will. You know, I, maybe I soon can't you'll wait even to uh, down and yeah, you got to come down. You know, uh, there's lots to do and there's lots of car events going on. In fact, this weekend is the Chattanooga Motoring Festival that's going on just about an hour south of my house. And uh, gee, you know, over in Pigeon Forge and and all that, uh, there's so many car events. So it's like almost every weekend. And if there's not things here, there's car events in Nashville and down there. I mean, it's just it's just a great spot if you're really into cars. I mean, a lot of it is street rods and hot rods, things like that. But uh, all types of events. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Sun is shining. And going to have a great weekend. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting how... <clears throat> Pennsylvania is really loaded up with classic cars and antique cars. I mean, cars of all kinds, kinds. But there, you know, and I, I think just because of the traction, maybe over the years, because you know the Hershey Car Show has been going on for so long, and the AACA was founded there, and so on and so forth. But there just seem to be more restored cars in the state of Pennsylvania than just about anywhere else. Um, you know, and as you say, down there where you're at, uh, you know, they're well known for, you know, all those uh, street rod shows, you know, in and around Gatlinburg and uh, Knoxville and all up through that way. Uh, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to see. Back in the you day. Know, Pigeon Forge. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. the AACA should have a, a show in Pigeon Forge because it's such a family-oriented area. There's so many uh, sites to see and things to do. You know, you have Dollywood, which is now rated the best amusement park in the country, better than Disney, and uh, there's just so much to do. So, uh, and, and, it's a, and it's a central location, you know, right off, uh, what is it, uh, 81, and people get to it easily from the north, from the south, east, west, so... Uh, yeah, the AACA, uh, let's, uh, just funny. something to Pigeon Forge one day. Funny you should mention that. Um, yeah, I tried to do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, of course, most people don't listen that, you know, I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the show, but, you know, this is my, I, I'm, I'm heading in on my farewell tour with, uh, the AACA National Board of Directors. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, so I've been out, been at that for uh, 16 years, um, and wow, I have tried over the years to get them to go to Nashville, Pigeon Forge. Of course, part of it is we need boots on the ground uh, right. to help with logistics and, and volunteers and things of that nature. Um, but recently, I 
I uh, thought Knoxville would be a good central location for a uh, for our AACA annual meeting, and we, uh, you know, I got uh, got proposals from the uh, tourism bureau there, but you know we just didn't quite make make the cut. It was uh, just a little bit more economical to uh, go out east and our. Uh, Annual meeting this year will be in February, and it'll be in Williamsburg. Uh, but uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, of course, I'll still be involved with AACA in some fashion, and uh, hopefully, the board of directors will, moving forward, uh, bring something, bring something to Tennessee. I hope it. Hope they do. It'd be a great thing. Yeah, you know, Williamsburg is a beautiful area. We were there last year. You know, with the Virginia Beach meet. But it's a little out of the way, a little off the beaten path. But uh, I would rather be in Williamsburg in February than Philadelphia, considering, you know, all the crime that's going on now, which is a shame. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a safer place. It'll be a little bit warmer and easier to navigate around. So, uh, yeah, come on out, February, Williamsburg. That's yeah, going to be a good place. In Philly, Philly man ran its course, you know. Um these days, it's uh, you know, come to Philadelphia to see the birthplace of of America and stay because you've been shot. I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> oh well. So, it's a, what's it's on a good docket? thing we moved. <laughs> what's on your docket this weekend to work on cause? So this weekend. Um, I'm not going to be working on cars. Um, I'm going to head, you know, of course, we were just in Hershey's list this past weekend and uh, mm-hmm. past week. Uh, well, it's been a week since we've been in Hershey, put it that way, um, which that doesn't seem like, like, gosh, it's just yesterday. But anyhow, I know. Um, no, um, Sunday is uh, a celebration of life for our uh, good friend and, Former AACA library director uh, Chris Ritter. So I'm heading up to back back up to. So just got back, heading back up there. Uh, we'll um, celebrate with uh, all that's Chris Ritter tomorrow. So it's going to be a going to be quite a quite a event, and uh, I know it'll be uh, good for everyone, good for everybody. Um, but so, and then next weekend, uh, I'll be at auction. Maybe even finding oh. something for you. I hope so. There's a couple of cars there that oof, I would love to own. I mean, I don't need another project. I got enough. But, you know, sometimes if a good deal comes along, you can't pass it up. You may not get a second chance. But that's what you got to do sometimes. Take it off to the side, and you well, get to it. That's all. Yeah, that one little station wagon. You know, I'm just I know. glad you're interested in it because because if you weren't interested in it, it could end up in my garage. And so, for that, I'm yeah. grateful. It's, it's you know, I'm, I'm actually grateful for our friendship in, in that regard. So there you go. I found something to be grateful for. Well, that's very you, nice. So. You know, when you come down, I can't <laughs> <laughs> Well, next weekend, 
I'm going to be in Fairhope, Alabama, right across the bay from Mobile. There's a big British car event going on there, and uh, there are two cars that I'll be photographing. Very rare, uh, very rare. Uh, you call British cars pre-war, like an AC doctor's coupe. I mean, really, some some stuff that you've never seen before in magazines, one of one in the U.S. So I'll be heading down to Fairhope, Alabama, next Saturday. So looking forward to it. Be a little bit warmer. I was kind so. of going to say hey, you meant cards. You know, that's not the type of stuff you see outside of uh, Britain. You know, no, no, you know, running a couple of rare. Pre-rare stuff. The, yeah. Uh, hope, well, hopefully, um, you know, the EPA is down there getting prepared, make sure all that oil doesn't, you know, get into the estuaries and, you know, make its way into Mobile Bay, you know, <laughs> kill off all the fish and everything. Uh, yeah, you had those giants and MGs, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'm not, you know, show-wise, um, I'm gonna be staying put and trying to work on work on cars, with the exception of uh, November 18th through the 20th. I'm gonna be at the Coastal Virginia Auto Show in my hometown of Virginia Beach, and we're gonna have a fabulous lineup of cars down there. Uh, majority of the show it's gonna be three days. Be indoors, and then on Saturday we'll have an indoor show and an outdoor show, and uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, automotive luminaries there. Uh, yours truly will be doing some uh, on-stage interviewing and uh, moderating some discussions and doing some other stuff. It's going to be a great time down there. So anyone within a few-hour drive of Virginia Beach owes it to themselves to come on down and punctuate the car season um, at the uh, Coastal Virginia Auto Show November 18th through 20th at the uh, Virginia Beach Convention Center uh, put on by Sinclair Communications. It's a great, great show, and the, uh, the volunteers that put this together are just, they make it so pleasant and make it so wonderful for everyone. So, yeah, it's a really good time and, you know, good opportunity to catch up with friends, too, before... Uh, before Turkey Day comes, and then we're rolling into Christmas and snow and sub-zero temperatures and all that happy stuff. So, good. Going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, we were talking about several things. One being, you know, all sorts of myths that get perpetrated in the hobby. Um, one of those being, we talked about this last weekend, I think we did anyway, um, that the Hershey Fall Meat Car Show <laughs> had been bought by a group of lawyers out of New York City and it was going to move to Ohio. Um, <laughs> this is the types of things that get started and they get a life of their own. The last iteration of that was that uh, uh, a venture capitalist had bought um, the AACA show in Hershey. And, of course, none of that's true. Uh, contracts are send, and uh, despite the fact that everyone 
continues to push the rumor that Hershey Entertainment uh, hates the car show and they want us out of there. They don't. So uh, Hershey's going to continue. But there's lots of other um, rumors and myths out there and a lot of you know, negative stuff that keeps getting repeated. One of those is that young people have no use for antique cars and that the antique car hobby is getting smaller and smaller and that it's just going to go away eventually. Uh, what do you say to that? Well, uh, I know my daughter's friend, he works for, uh, I believe, Bonham's Auction, and he's 30 years old. And when I was talking to him at Hershey, him and all his friends are buying pre-war, early, two-cylinder cars. Two-cylinder cars, you know, Model Ts, of course, uh, some of them are considered, but they really want the early and the simple stuff. And I said to him, you know, I think he bought a Trumbull. That's what he bought. And I said to him, why are you young guys? It wasn't a cyclical, it was just a real, little, you know, Trumbull, uh, you know, Torah, I guess. Okay, we'll get back in a minute, folks. Coming up on a break. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information... Or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, so we were talking about young kids in the hobby. And like I said, I met this guy who's a friend of my daughter. He's 30 years old. 
and him and his friend are buying early two-cylinder cars. And when I asked him about it, he said, well, we love the simplicity. All day long, we're on our cell phones, we're on our computers, and everything around us is high-tech stuff. And he goes, it's refreshing to get back to simplicity. There's no computers in them. Everything is basic and as simple as they come, and we really enjoy it. And he said it's like a movement going on that a lot of people don't know about with guys in their 20s and 30s wanting early, early, simple cars. So that's a great sign that the hobby is growing. But also, this past week, I made a post on Facebook looking for candidates to profile in Crankshaft Magazine that are 25 years old and under. I was having a little trouble finding some kids. And, uh, man, I within 24 hours, I must have had 30 submittals, plus still going on now every day, of guys and girls, guys and their wives, one couple, 21 years old, and they have four collector cars. Another guy, Model T's, Model A's, uh, you know, early muscle cars, all kinds of stuff. But a lot of them have, you know, a lot of, 50s cars, you know, four-door sedans and things like that, entry-level stuff. And, man, is it refreshing to hear their stories that these young kids love older cars, you know? So, uh, yeah, a lot of, you know, car clubs are losing members because they're dying off. But that doesn't mean that the hobby isn't growing. It just means that a lot of kids are not interested in being part of a club. They just want to get out there with their friends well, and drive old cars. Yeah, and, and I think so. I I I won't mention which club, of course. Okay, but I mean, I, I, I you know I always find it interesting that people in car clubs, you know, who've been in car clubs for a long time, they stand around wringing their hands, going, "Oh my gosh, the, you know, the hobby is dwindling away." You know, we're all getting old and gray. Nobody's going to love our cars. You know, the club is going to fail, um, that sort of thing. And I get into a conversation with them, and I'm saying, okay, well, you know, what makes you think that? Well, you know, last weekend we had our boiled cabbage supper, and <laughs> nobody came hardly. There was just, just a handful of the old-timers were here. You know, I'm thinking to myself, and I mean, that's a true story. I'm not making that up. You know, boiled they, cabbage. They had their yeah. annual boiled cabbage dinner, you know, and it was supposed to be Everybody wants exciting, to go to that. And they were really disappointed. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, let alone right, right. hang around afterwards. <laughs> but, Too funny. you know, the boiled cabbage dinner. And then um, uh, another one. Uh, that I spoke to, they were, you know, decrying the fact that, you know, nobody comes to the meetings anymore. I'm like, well, where, where are you meeting? You know, what are you doing? You know, what time are you meeting? Well, you know, we're meeting at 5 o'clock on Tuesdays, and, uh, you know, we're meeting, well, we're meeting in the basement of the mortuary, you know, <laughs> meeting on Tuesdays. At 5 p.m. <laughs> and they're in the basement of a mortuary. I mean, really? Yeah. Are and they want to know why that? no one shows and, up. Uh, exactly. 
No, it, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and I think people, they, you know, really just don't do a good, solid self-assessment. They're not willing to be flexible and accepting of different habits, different wants and needs, you know, think things are cyclical. Uh, maybe one day the boiled cabbage dinner will once more be popular. <laughs> but, but Probably it, not, it, but you it, never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so, so oh, yeah. you know, I think speaking to what you were talking about, I, there is an, a quote-unquote analog movement among yes young people. I think people are finding that they're stressed out because they spend too much time on all these uh, electronic devices, whatever they are. And I mean, I'm not as steeped in it as younger people are. And I find myself getting grief from electronic devices. You know, I want to get a, get away from the damn things. Um, and I think there are those young people that do get away from it and experience other things. I think they find it a really positive experience. Um, you know, they enjoy, you know, getting out, yeah, looking at some fresh air, getting some scenery instead of looking at a screen some, somewhere. Um, it, it, it's just a, a different type of experience. I, you know, and I think people drive more. People are much more interested in driving these days. It's very, popular. Most of the young people that I know of, you know, yeah, they'll get together for a show, but it's generally not a very long show. You know, maybe an hour, maybe two hours, maybe three at the most, but their shows are not all-day affairs. They're not, you know, they don't start, you know, seven, eight in the morning and go until two to four in the afternoon. They have a show, they drive somewhere, they go eat, and uh, and that's it, you know? And you know, these same younger generation, you talk about analog, uh, vinyl records are making a big comeback too. With turntables and all that stuff. And, uh, they just love the sound. Cause let's face it, you know, vinyl has a much warmer sound than that, you know, very cold, uh, CD or, you know, whatever you get over your iPhone today. So, uh, yeah, there is a movement about and it doesn't get a lot of exposure. So, uh, that's good to hear. And, uh, yeah, we definitely welcome it. I'm glad I didn't throw out and throw away all my, uh, vinyl records. I still got them all since I was a kid. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You and I were talking about that last weekend. And yeah, I'm still shocked that we have that much in common. My God, what is the world too? <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> the fact is, I think if people share their cars with people. The the prevailing thought used to be, oh, my God, you know, get those kids away from my car. They're going to come in here with their sticky hands. They're going to get it all over my upholstery. You know, they're going to have pieces of shards of glass in their pockets, and they're going to sit on my upholstery and shred it, you know. That sort of stuff doesn't really happen. I don't know where that mindset came from. But it exists. I'm always none too happy to have people sit in my car. If they have a driver's license and at least I know who they are, I have no problem with them driving my car for that matter. Mm -hmm. How can you expect 
anyone to grow to love something that they've never experienced whatsoever. Right. I, yeah, I mean, the simplest thing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, even if you don't want them, you know, to drive your car, at least let them sit in it. You know, what's, what's going to happen? Nothing. Let them feel what it's like to grab that steering wheel and stick shift and see the view of real gauges over, a, you know, a slopey hood, you know. Uh, I will let anybody sit in my car any day of the week. doesn't matter. And even take them for a ride. Sure, why not? That's what we got to do to keep the uh, movement going. But uh, you look at all these TV shows and all these events around the con- country, cars and coffee and cars and caffeine, whatever they call them now, uh, they're growing leaps and bounds. There's a cars and coffee here in Knoxville. It's twice a year. Uh, 3,000 cars show up from 6 in the morning till 11 in the morning when the mall opens. And 3,000 cars in Little Knoxville. So, uh, yeah, the, the hobby is growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. Of course, the cars are changing. You know, it's not always, you know, pre-73 cars. It's cars up until, you know, new Mustangs and stuff. So... We just got to be more acceptive of what they're bringing to the table, you know. No, it, it's all all a matter of perspective. And you know, thing thing is, if you go back to the '60s and the '70s, even AACA, they looked at cars that were, you know. 25 and 30 years old as used cars. But then there was a movement within ACA to include newer cars. It's kind of interesting. And I know several of the people who were involved in that back at the time. Sadly, most of them are passing away or passed away. Um, But that's where ACA got the 25-year litmus test, if you will, that, you know, AACA considers all cars 25 years and older to be antiques. And, of course, that tended to become the benchmark across the country and everywhere else. 25 years was sort of the the litmus test, you know. Um, But there was a time when those cars that were 25 to 35, 40 years old were just considered to be used cars and not antique cars so uh, you have to be really inclusive Uh, people generally are excited about and drawn to what they experienced you know what they on the road in high school and other places not always the case it's like but me you know i always liked the 50s era cars they just were there were more of them around i think when I was growing up as a kid, and so you would occasionally see them, you know. You didn't see a, a, a Trumbull cycle car in somebody's backyard, you know, <laughs> but you'd see a, a 53 Chrysler, you know. And right, uh, right. I, I grew to love that, and we're up on a break again. My gosh, time flies. Okay. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve you'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. 
Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, take it away, Mr. Tom. What are we going to talk about next? So, what's on the agenda? Well, we were just talking about, well, we were talking about cars that we liked, you know, and I was talking about the right. cars of the 50s are, are a big thing for me because, well, you could envision yourself working on one of those, and as a little kid, I would find one parked behind a building somewhere that had been abandoned or whatever, you know. You probably had abandoned cars you crawled through as a young child uh, up there in uh, Brooklyn. They didn't have any wheels or tires on them, but, you know. Well, that's why I have a big badge collection. We used to see abandoned cars in the street, and we used to pop off the badges and the scripts. Because uh, if they were still there, you know, hubcaps, of course, we got, you know, a couple of grills here and there that we borrowed. But, uh, <laughs> you know, abandoned cars is how I got into the old car hobby. It was a triumph, you know, by Coney Island, abandoned, no wheels on the sand. And I jumped in and I said, wow, this is cool. So, you know, it's, abandoned cars do have a uh, certain, uh, you know, allure to... Uh, people who aren't familiar with it and you jump in them but uh yeah uh all kinds of cars uh like you said cars in the 50s we used to see a lot of 60s cars in in new york city parked in alleyways and things like that and unfortunately you don't see that anymore even driving around back roads here in tennessee i see you know maybe a couple of pickup trucks i saw two willy two willy's jeeps yesterday and uh that's about it. You don't see much anymore. I guess everybody thinks they have goals, so they either sold it or stashed it away inside the barn instead of leaving them outside. Yeah, they've been scooped up. And so many of the junkers went away. Of course, you know, I I don't remember, but um, as I read about it, the uh, Lady Bird Johnson 
first lady to uh, Lenniston, you know, went on a big Beautify America kick. And so all of the junkyards that were near any of major uh, highways ended up going away under that. So they got rid of a lot of junkyards then. And then, um, of course, you know, environmental, and rightfully so, um, for people that weren't properly handling fluids and chemicals and all of that. But uh, environmental regulations pushed more of them out. And then in 2010, scrap prices went through the roof, 2008, 9, 10, right in that time frame, went through the roof, and a lot of the junkyards just totally crushed out. Um, you know, I, it's hard to find a good junkyard to go to anymore either. So, you know, that was another thing that I found fascinating when I was a kid, you know, just going to the junkyards. But, uh, you know, especially getting, picking getting back to, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, getting back to, you know, young people and, and having them involved in the hobby, again, you know, to recap, you know, let them sit in your car. They're not going to destroy it. Um, you know, answer their questions. Be respectful. Be kind. You know, the other thing, take them for a ride, you know. Take them and their parents, you know. Get them in the car. Take them around the block, you know. And as you say, letting people just sit in your car. If you have your car out at a show or you have it somewhere and you notice that, you know, these kids are drawn to it, Nine times out of ten, if you say to the parents, say, you know, let them sit in it. I'm happy. You Really? You're kidding me. No, 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 sit inside. And today, everybody has a cell phone. Everybody's taking pictures. And so do you not think that that parent's not going to take a picture, or the kids have their own cell phones, that they're going to take pictures of the kids sitting in your car, and then what's going to happen to that picture? It's going to get shared over onto social media, which only even – further uh, popularizes the, the hobby, you know? It, it makes a connection for everybody. And that's the whole thing. It's all about making a connection. You can't make a connection by telling people not to touch all the time, you know? No, no. And you know what I did years ago when I lived in Vermont? I had a bunch of old car magazines, and I didn't want to throw them out. So I brought them to the librarian in the local high school, and I said, you know, I showed her what I had. And she goes, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll stick them on the shelf and see what happens. And my daughter comes home from school the next day and she goes, Dad, all the boys are reading the car magazines you brought. They were sitting down in the library and said, do you have any more? And she goes, they are like the hottest things. All these boys are coming in reading these old car magazines. So that's a good way to, you know, ignite a fire in them. Uh, they never knew about some of these old cars because their families weren't into them, and they just loved reading about it. So, you know, whatever we could do to get things going, uh, maybe even contact your local Boy Scout club, and maybe they could come to your barn or garage or shop and, you know, have a meeting, and you could talk about, you know, old cars and what they're about and make them sit in them and see some of the tools that I used to work on them. So there's a lot of avenues we could go down on and, uh, you know, stir interest in the hobby with the, the younger generation. So, uh, yeah, we all got to do our part. Uh, it's all about outreach and it's all about being patient and taking the time to 
to listen. Um, spread the gospel of antique cars, so to speak. So, you know, there's a ton of myths out there beyond that, and I, I really feel that if we keep sharing our cars, there's going to be a car hobby long after you and I are gone. I, I have no, uh, you know, I don't think gasoline is going to go away. We won't get sidebarred on electric cars and cars of the future and all of that stuff, but uh, it's going to be a, be a while before um, all the fossil fuels that you can go away. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. But uh, there are a lot of other myths. Like um, one of the ones I love is, you know, don't don't talk or on or answer your cell phone when you're when you're getting gasoline. You know, what? there's not been any heard studies, that there's not been any studies studies shown that talking on the cell phone when you're putting gas in your car is going to somehow cause some sort of explosion. Oh yeah, I've heard it a bunch of times on that. Really? I don't, know. don't talk on your phone. You could cause a fire. It's like, no, it doesn't do that. No. Cell phones <laughs> do not cause <laughs> a fire at the gas station. Um, if you're, if you know, you're lighting, other, if other you're really smoking things. a cigarette, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're smoking, <laughs> you're smoking a cigarette. But not talking on the cell phone. So oh, God, I've never cause, heard that. cause you to explode at the gas station. Um yeah, these are just things that I jotted down that I've heard over the years. Uh, another one, you know, gas up at the tank uh, at the station early in the morning when it's still cool outside because, you know, the fuel is denser and you'll actually yeah. end up getting more fuel. It's not true. It's in the ground. It's the same temperature. The tanks, yeah, the tanks are the same temperature all the time. The, <laughs> it make any difference. You buy it, <laughs> you buy it at 3 a.m. Or, or buy it and they eat it. It's all going to be the same for you. Uh, and how much more, and you know, if it another, is true, but if it is true, it's more dense. <laughs> if, if it, if, how much more fuel are you going to get? A tablespoon? You know what I mean? What are you going to get? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hilarious, <laughs> you know, the, what people think about. Uh, you know, as far as uh, antique car hobby myths, uh, the one I love and you hear often is, yep, Henry Ford, you can have Model T, buy my Model T's, you can have any color as long as it's black. You know, the <laughs> thought that all, all Model T's were black. And they, they no, it wasn't true. Um, you know, what the Model T ran from 19, you know, went to 1927. And, um, you know, when they first came out, they, you know, you could get a red Model T, you know. Right. Um, and then in the later years, yeah, they had greens and blues and, you know, other different colors. Now, between 1914 and 1925, they were black and you didn't have a lot, have the choice to get something else. But, and there are, you know, that's another myth, you know, or possible myth in terms of, you know, why Henry Ford chose to just paint everything black between 1914 and 1925. Some people will say it was to speed up production 
you know, just having the one color of paint to deal with. Well, um, yeah. You just shot everything black when it was coming down the assembly line rather than having to change colors or do other things. The other thought was that um, somehow the black dried faster, you know. So I don't know, you know, a lot of thoughts as to why that was the case. You know, for me, I, I would think maybe just having one color of paint, not having to change it up, uh, probably probably did it. Um, you know, but, but you're right, there's all these different wives' tales. And my father, the funniest wives' tale came from my father. He would tell us, when you're driving your car, never put your headlights on during the day because you'll drain the battery. So I said to him one day, Dad, how does a car know whether it's night or day? doesn't matter. You have a generator or an alternator that's recharging the system. What is it with you kids? Won't you listen to me? You drain your batteries. You put your headlights on during the day. <laughs> uh, me and my brothers would be in the back seat laughing. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs>
When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, folks, we're back. We're back. We're talking about batteries, too, and the the, uh, fact that they don't instantaneously charge up once you put a set of jumper cables on them. But the other, another myth that's still around, and that is, don't put your battery on concrete. You know, if you're working on your antique car in your garage, whatever you do, you know, don't put the battery on concrete because it'll cause it to discharge. And that is absolutely right. not not true. No. Um, <laughs> most batteries today, battery cases are made out of materials that will not discharge into the concrete. Um, they're all well today. Like it's metal polypropylene. Like there's metal in the concrete. You know what I'm saying? There's magnets in the earth that's going to come through the concrete. (laughs) Yeah. No. It's definitely not the case. Um, Now, then there's another antique car uh, myth that uh, Henry Ford had the first automobile and that's not true either. Um, Ransom old. Perhaps was a little more sophisticated. Yes, yes, old Ransom. Yes, <laughs> he was an innovator. One. Yes, he was one of the biggest innovators in the in the automotive industry. Ransom E. Olds. Yes, correct the mundo. Hmm. Yeah, nineteen oh one to nineteen oh seven. They was they were pushing those curved dash olds out, and uh, they were. Uh, Putting them together on an assembly line. Again, perhaps not as sophisticated as what Henry had, but uh, Ransom right. was first. That's an interesting name, Ransom. I think if I get another large orange cat, I'm going to name it Ransom. There you go. 
Grand Sounds Prix. like a cat's name. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's an unusual name. Um, so, how about manual transmissions automatic? Everybody assumes manuals are much more efficient fuel-wise than automatics. You're always going to get a, you know, that case of, you know, antique cars, manual transmissions typically do manual transmission. Uh, cars, equipped cars, do get better gas mileage than automatics do. But automatics today are so much more sophisticated and they have many more, you know, many more gears to change through. Um, yeah. Automatics actually do get better gas mileage than the standards do. That's, yeah, the only advantage one. with the standard now, you know, like, like you said, you know, today's automatics have six speeds, seven, eight speeds, eight different gears. But, you know, when you're going downhill, you could put a manual transmission in uh, in neutral and just coast and, you know, kill your engine rev. So in that respect, you're probably getting a little bit of gas mileage. But, uh yeah, you know, compared to a turbo 350, yeah, you'll get far better gas mileage with a manual. But not with the modern automatics, no way. You're absolutely correct. You guys from Virginia are pretty, uh, pretty smart. I'm, I'm very impressed. I really am. You know your stuff. <laughs> I know it takes a lot to impress you. I'm really happy about that. It, it's a gold star day, a, a banner day for me. I get a gold star. Uh, <laughs> how about, uh, huh, engines need to be warmed up at idle before you drive your vehicle. You know, I think there may have been a time way back when the oils were not as well refined and mm-hmm. chemically, you know, uh, manufactured as they are today with the additives and so on and so forth. Today's oils are head and shoulders above anything that we had 25, 30, 50 years ago and longer. So, you know, they don't really need to be warmed up. You know, you start the engine and you drive. Higher RPMs, you're driving along, everything's going to warm up quicker because it's better, it's efficient, and your lubrication is going to be more efficient. So, you know, I don't know. I still do tend to warm up my old cars a little bit longer just simply because, you know, you don't want them to cough out on you when you go to take off. But uh, as far as newer stuff, I start it, I drive it. Yeah. That's, that's easy. I mean, the oils today are thinner, too. Not that thick 40 and 50 weight they used to use the late years ago. That was like molasses when it starts, the temperature starts dropping. So the thinner oils today, boom, starts right up, go. You know, you just just wasting fuel if you're just sitting there. But like you said, the old cars, I, I know my Triumph, I have to let it warm up for like, I don't know, an afternoon before <laughs> before it's ready to go. It takes a couple hours before it's really warmed up. <laughs> but that is British, so, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you got to go in the garage Take starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. morning. <laughs> yeah, you get ready to go at 2 o'clock. <laughs> With, uh, 
you know, you're just going to the grocery store and you've got a couple of extra quarts of oil with you just in case, right? Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah, all those crazy myths. You know, another one that you should hear, oh, take out the thermostat. Your car will run cooler. Nothing. Oh, anymore. yeah. That's the worst thing you could do because you need to block the water so it kind of, you know, stays in the radiator longer. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason for it. It was engineered that way, you know? Yeah, crazy. No, you're absolutely right. There are people that still say that. Oh, it's running hot. Take, take the thermostat out. That's not going to help you, folks. No. If your radiator's full or your engine block is full of gunk, um, or you've got a leaking head gasket, doing that is not going to make any difference. Pulling, pulling a thermostat is not going to repair all this other stuff, you know? Gosh, you no, know, I mean, there, I mean, we could probably go on for days about this. There are different thermostats that open at different temperatures, 170 degrees, 180, 190. So maybe you may have to get a different thermostat that opens at a different temperature, but do not remove it. That's the worst thing you can do. So yeah, you know, crazy stuff out there. I remember my, my brother-in-law when he was loading up his, he, my brother-in-law was loading up his pickup truck and he had a lot of weight so he took air out of the tires. And I said, no, you're supposed to put more air in the tires. Oh no, no, if you put too much air in, the tire's going to explode. <laughs> Where did people come up with this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's easy. I love it. What a knucklehead. I totally love it. <laughs> put more air in there. <laughs> the weight is going to explode. <laughs> he couldn't drive anywhere. He has no air in the tires, and he has, you know, two pounds, two thousand pounds of payload of junk in the back of his pickup. Oh my god, so stupid! <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. You know, should I? You know, so we should make a little bit of a, a, a request. You know. If you haven't, if you're on Facebook, and I realize everybody's not on Facebook, but if you're on Facebook, go to our Facebook page at the Classic Car Show, and I'll try to get up a, a post here in the next little bit. And uh, if, if you have any great automotive myths, crazy stuff that people have told you, or crazy things you've heard, uh, and done, perhaps yourself, like uh, letting the air out of your tires when you have a heavy load on your vehicle <laughs> to keep the tires from exploding. <laughs> that's that's the best. You know, uh, let let us know. Let us know on 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 Facebook page. We we would really enjoy it. We'll bring yeah. them up again in the future because I think uh, there's so many out there. I mean, that's a lot of material there. We've got a lot to talk about. So. I wanted to ask you, uh, crankshaft, you've got another issue coming out before too much longer, right? You're working on the most recent one. Yeah, just before the show started today, I finished uh, editing a story on the Mercedes early this morning. And, uh, yeah, we're just trying to button up a few more stories and get them done. Uh, we hope to go to press first week in November. And hopefully everybody will have it by Thanksgiving. That's the goal. 
This way you don't have to sit around at the table and talk to your boring relatives. You could, you know, excuse yourself and go into the parlor and relax reading Crankshaft. So that's the goal, to have it ready by Thanksgiving. So uh, I'll be working on that right after we hang up. Got more stories to edit and get going on it. So, so give us just a, a little hint of something that you really, really think everybody's going to enjoy that's that's in this next issue of Crankshaft. Well, the Mercedes I just talked about is a Pininfarina body 230SL. They only made one. We have a Japanese car called a Hino, and uh, that was a really good, high-quality make before they were taken over by Toyota and then killed. So we have that. I drove up to... Uh, Akron, Ohio, just to photograph that car. And, uh, gee, what else? Oh, we have a 1957 Dodge D500 sedan. I mean, usually the D500s were either convertibles or hardtops, but this was a four-door sedan. Guys owned it for over 50 years. It was on the show field last week at Hershey. And that, that's a very interesting article. And, uh, gee, what else do we have? Uh, we have a 1938 Steyr. Uh, a handful of those German cars were brought here by individuals, and there's not many around, so that's interesting. And, uh, yeah, we got some uh, good stuff. We got a 56 Lincoln Premier in the beautiful purple color of Wisteria. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff coming in Crankshaft number 5, including five new additional features that you guys are going to love. So thanks for your support. I appreciate it. Now, support independent publishing and support the car hobby by getting a subscription to Crankshaft. You won't regret it. It is the finest for my buck, most exclusive and diverse automotive magazine out there for collectors. And Christmas is coming. So... Got to buy a subscription for your friends or Christmas or Crankshaft. We're going to see you next week, folks. Richard, are we? We're going to see everybody yes, next week, Yes, we will. Right? Take care, folks. Have a good weekend. Cheap cars are good. Cheap You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.